Well, guys, we today marks the end of 52 days that we've spent together as a church in a devotional book called Secrets of the Secret Place. And I'm just thankful that we could do that activity in unity as a, across the church body. And during that 52 days, we've also been praying for our three. And the three being three people around your life who does not know Jesus. You've been praying for them by name. I hope that you have those names written down and you're praying, asking the Lord to work in their life and praying that you would have an opportunity to represent the Lord well with those three people that you're praying for. We're praying for also three neighborhoods that are closest to the church. The one behind Lowe's, the one just, it's pointed right over there. I don't, can't remember the name of it right now. And then uh, Fulbright Springs here next to us. We're targeting and just praying specifically in those three neighborhoods right now, asking the Lord to give us wisdom of how to get into those neighborhoods and build relationships and love those people so that we can hopefully have influence in their life and bring them to the Lord. When, I, when we, Vicki and I started praying about Hamlin a year and a half or better, a uh, year and a half ago or a little bit longer, we began to pray. I was praying a specific prayer. I never told you about it or <clears throat> probably anybody about it. But I said, Lord, send laborers into the field that is going to be white into harvest. And so I began to pray that. And, and just think about what's happened in the last year and a half or so. What God has brought in. Families, uh, some of the strongest young families that I personally have ever met with their faithfulness to the Lord, their commitment to one another, to their raising godly children. But they, they've come in and they bring a strength to us. Some uh, median adults and older adults have come in with strength and have really strengthened the church as, we, as I begin to pray that. I, feel like I, wasn't, I know I wasn't praying it alone, but I am going to ask you today to start praying it with me in unity because where the Lord wants us to go is not internal he wants us to go external. And we need to ask the Lord for His help in doing that. And that brings me to that passage that I want you to turn to and mark it in your Bible. On Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Matthew chapter 9. And I would like for you to mark it. Maybe put a date by it today. Because I'm going to ask you to start praying in unity excuse me, like we've been in unity the last 52 days in devotional thought and in prayers, that you would begin to pray with me this prayer. Then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful. What's the harvest? Do you think he was talking about the crops at the time? No, but he always used that agricultural analysis. Or, and he would use that, uh, that concept and he'd say, if you look out into the fields around us, it's harvest season. And they're ready. Now we know, and he explains that he's talking about not a crop, but a people. That he, there's, there's a harvest field. Hamlin, we believe that the Lord put us here for a very specific reason. And it's not for us to just come and do church in here. It's, come, it's for us to come in here, to gather together our hearts around the Word of God, 
to raise our level of faith and then our activity of faith is to go out and to make a difference in the, some, the community around us. A friend of mine, Tommy, he's back there, huh, Tommy? Tommy is one of the most Jesus-like people I've ever met. And I've never said anything to him, and I'm not trying to just build him up. But everywhere he goes, he's serving, loving, taking care of not only my family, but just people all over a neighborhood. And what I'm saying, it's not, his following of Jesus is not exclusive to the inside of a church. It's outside to a whole bunch of people. And so I just, Tommy, thank you for what you do for all of us. Think about it just a minute. Five minutes from this facility are over 500 homes. Five minutes. 500 homes. If you went to 10 minutes from this church, you're probably talking 1,000 plus homes. 15 minutes from this church, you're probably talking 2,500 homes. Now, if you put three or four people per home, you begin to get the numbers and the size of the harvest that is right here. God, when he, put, when he picked out this land for Hamlin, and he led your leaders with TK's direction to build a facility, it was for the purpose of making a difference in this harvest field. And so that's kind of what we're going to be looking at today. We lack two things, if I could be specific with you, in our praying. We lack wisdom, kingdom wisdom, to how do we get into those communities and build relationship? I believe personally that there has to be some level of love relationship that opens the door for us to tell that person about the Lord Jesus. So how do we get, we need wisdom on how do we get into that neighborhood to actually begin to build some community uh, relationship and rapport with those people. And the second is a lack of willing God-gifted workers who can go out into the fields to do the work of harvest, to do the work of Jesus. That means people that have calling to go, to evangelize, to share the message of Jesus into the fields that we're working on. And so that, asks me, that brings us to the question that was in this verse that Jesus said, and look what he says, ask me the Lord of the harvest. What's the purpose? What is the Lord showing his focus here? It's not, he didn't say, I'm the Lord of the church. Do you see this? He is. But do you see what he's describing himself? I am the Lord of that harvest. His interest is in the field around us. And he says this, watch it. Ask me to send laborers into that field. Now, I know I'm not the only one that was praying for harvesters or leaders and workers to come into the life of the church. I know that. I know you've been praying that as well. <clears throat> Many years before me. But what would happen if 250, 300 people began to pray in unity saying, Lord, send laborers into these fields that are white into harvest. Can you just imagine maybe what would happen if we started praying that together? Let me ask you a few questions. Do you want to see hundreds, and I'm not speaking, um, I don't think, in hyperbole here. How many of you would like to see hundreds of people in the next year or two give their life to the Lord Jesus Christ? 
He says, pray and ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into that field. How many of you would like to see some young families getting started who've been given their life to the Lord, they've been married and we, and we reach that young family and they come and give their life to the Lord. They bring their children in and they start, we start equipping and loving and training in them in the ways of the Lord. How many would like to see 50 young families in the next year come in? It says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the field for that purpose. Would you like to see a supernaturally energized children and student ministry that became so impactful that the message or the rapport of that work started getting out into the community, into the schools? <clears throat> and many students start pushing parents, we got to get there because we hear of something happening that we want to be a part of. Would you like to see that? He says, ask the Lord of the harvest specifically for the workers in that field. Would you like to see, and we have some of the finest musicians in town. Great heart, talents galore, but we need more. Would you like to see some more uh, instrumentalists, singers, artists, to artist type people be one and two and brought into the kingdom of God and that they begin to share that heart given creativity and worship would you like to see that ask the Lord of the harvest specifically to send laborers into that field one more would you like to see some businessmen and women that the Lord moves in their life to come in and be a part and bring financial resource into the house of the Lord to be able to purchase uh, whatever is needed for ministry into these communities, build us a children's wing. Would you like to be able to see those men and women with generosity and resources come in? Would you like to see it? He says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into this field. Why? Because it's white unto harvest. This is about seeing people give their heart to the Lord. It's not about building another building. We could care, I could care less if we have another building or not. I just want to make space for what God's going to do. And we just keep making that space for that purpose. And, and when Jesus talked about praying, you know, he did teach us about the Lord's prayer, pray like this. But rarely did he tell us what to pray for when you read in the scripture about what Jesus said about prayer. But did you notice in this particular case, he put it, he narrowed this focus of, us, of believers down to this issue. Ask me, the Lord of this harvest, to send your laborers into the field. Do you catch what I'm saying? We've all made it always about us, and I'm the worst of that. But he's saying, no, just ask me. And I'm going to send laborers into this field. For skeptics in the room, because I'm a little bit of that, I have questions and my Bible just fell apart. <clears throat> why does he ask us to pray for this? You know, why would he do that? Why would he even ask? Why would he even say that, pray? Could, could he not just do that himself? We know it's his desire to cause the church to prosper. 
for it to reach into the world, should, would he not just do that on his own? And why would my little prayer matter if all he had to do is say the word and it would happen? Why would I need to be a part? These are my skeptic questions. And wouldn't God send his own labors in his own good time to meet this need? <clears throat> God is revealing in this passage here that the gathering of the harvest and the coming kingdom <clears throat> is dependent upon this prayer. <clears throat> Pardon me. The harvest that is before us. And let me tell you why this is important. And I was under serious conviction. Because I have said and believed that it's harder and harder and harder to get to people with the message of Jesus. And I think it was an excuse. I always said, you know, we built homes. We used to have homes with front porches. And everybody in the neighborhood could meet and sit down and talk and swing and iced tea and, and had that community. Now, there are no front porches. Everybody pulls across their drawbridge into their, their thing and it closes. And then we have backyard places that's fenced in, right? Because we don't like people. Whatever our reason is. And so I'm, in my mind, I've bought into that, that uh, it's just too hard. They don't want to hear, nobody wants to know. And I think that's a lie. I think these things may have happened, but people are still hungry and dead on the inside if they do not know Jesus. <clears throat> and there are days that they lay on their bed or on their couch. And they begin to think, what's this about? And why am I here? And what happens after this? And what's my purpose? I believe that the Spirit of God is doing that work. because Here's why I know that. Because the Lord of the harvest is concerned about the harvest. He loves us. And he wants, he's been equipping and building the church here for 125 years. And then the last few years, just the last couple, the Lord's really been ramping up building this particular group of believers with ministry within the church. But I really feel strong in my heart that he's now saying, it's now time. You've got it built. It's kind of, he said, I've built my church. Now, go. He's, it's always out. Out into the fields that are white into harvest. Don't bring, we thought just being faithful on Sunday is the thing. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good first step. But the whole purpose of the church is to take the message out into the field where you work. You know, Jesus answered, said these, this word. <clears throat> he saw the multitude and was moved with compassion on them because they were scattered abroad as sheep with no shepherd. It was right after that that he met with the disciples and said, now ask me to send laborers out. Prayer is not a show. It's not a ritual thing that you do. And Jesus is the truth. Would you agree with that? That he's the way, he's the truth, and the life. Would you agree? He said, ask me for laborers, for workers, specifically. I'm going to ask you, 
Would you join me as an entire church and start praying that specifically? Pick, a, pick an area of ministry on, on Monday. Say, Lord, would you send us some more willing, trained, equipped, and on-fire workers in that area so it could advance this ministry to reach into our harvest field? Would you pray that? I don't care what area you're praying for. I think with this many, we're going to be covering most areas every day. But would you start praying every day with me for that? Pat, Lonnie, and Freeman. Anybody else going to pray? Okay, there was a few more. That's good. I'm going to ask you to do it. Because I believe... The Lord says if you ask him and he's true, that means his promises are true and he fulfills his word. So if we just ask, what are we going to do? We'll look out. Here's the principle. In order to have the people with passion and the ability necessary to go out to the neighborhoods to lead people to Jesus, we must ask Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers. That's a principle. Here's the promise. The Lord will fulfill that promise. That's his promise. Our job, pray and ask. Okay, you got that? Now, I want you to give me just a few minutes. I want us to review real quickly the last six weeks. And the reason I'm doing this is because I want us to remember what the Lord has shown us about prayer. I believe the key to the future of Hamlin's work will be based more on prayer than on activity. As we, as God's people, begin to understand what he says he'll do through prayer. On your bulletin on the back, there's a, there's a few things. I'm just going to walk through it very quickly. The first thing I want you to get is that there is a secret place with the Lord. And he wants you to get in it and stay in it <clears throat> Excuse me, regularly. Spend, start your mornings, end your night. I don't know when or where. But get with the Lord in a secret place. In Psalm 91, here's some things that happen in that secret place. There's a rest for you. You rest in Him. He's my refuge. He's my fortress. He's my place of trust. In this secret place, it says He will save us from the fowler's snare, from traps. He'll save us from disease, from harm, from terror, from terrorism, and from weapons. If you read Psalm 91, there's a place for you that is safe. In the secret place, he has promises. Here's what he says. A thousand may fall at your side, but it will not come near you. There is a place of protection and promise of the Lord. In the secret place, a love relationship develops. And in that friendship, he says, I'm going to rescue you. I'll protect you. I'll answer you when you pray. So this secret place is just very important. The second main thing, the first one is there is a secret place. The second thing is this. Have faith in God and His promises. Mark 11, 22. Have faith in God if you do not doubt in your heart, but you believe what He says will happen, it will be done for you. It's hard for us to believe that. It's hard for us to believe that. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. That day I asked some people to pray for this eye that's weird, weirding out. And we pray, and they ask me about every week, is your eye healed yet? 
you better. And actually, it's gotten worse. Oh no, what do we do? I'm just waiting on the healing. I don't care when or how. I just know that his promise is true. His promise is true. Brother Calvin and I were talking, uh, they give that shot in that eye, you know. And so now the lens is getting real cloudy because all that medicine they put in there. Doc said last time, I'm going to have to take that lens out and put you another lens in. He said, it's no big deal, five minutes. He said, it's no big deal to you. It's a big deal to me. You're messing with my eyeball. And like I told Calvin, I said, I don't know how God wants to heal it. That may be the way he does it. I'm, I'm okay with that. It's not my worry. It's my worry to ask is to pray. Ask him. Have faith in this God and his promise. Third, praying in agreement. When we pray in agreement, God answers and it says he's there with us. Remember that? Where two or three are gathered, I'm there in their midst. Yes? There's more than two or three here today. Guess who's here? He's here. And if we start praying in agreement, you have what you ask. He says it right there in Matthew 18, 19, and 20. If two of you on earth agree about anything you ask for, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three come together in my name, there am I with you. He's here. He's with us. Fourth thing, ask according to His will. Don't ask for selfish, prideful, any other motive. We, we should not be praying that. If we know God's will is about something and we pray in agreement with that will, we have it. Like, Lord, send laborers into the field. We know his heart is for those that are lost. So we know we're praying in agreement. And you know what he says? I'll do it. So what should we do? Start watching God bring people that are evangelists with a passionate heart to share Jesus with people all around. We need more evangelists. I need more evangelism in me. So I'm praying that specifically. Because it says, the fruits of prayer are, if you ask, there will be an answer. If you seek, you'll find. And if you knock, things that are now closed will be open to you. That's the fruit of prayer when we pray. Fifth thing, we're going to make it. The chief purpose of prayer is that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The main reason for prayer and answer prayer is not for us to get answers or solutions. Is, is that God will glorify Jesus through these, what, God, what he's doing in the life of a, his people. And the last one. To advance the work, pray. Ask the Lord to send laborers in the field.
really feel like the Spirit of the Lord's speaking very strong, very clearly now. I'm going to ask Vicki if she'll just start playing a bit. There's a call. There's a gifting here. The gifting is evangelism. He wants to see people saved. Took from a broken life to redemption through a true Father, our Heavenly Father. So for the next few minutes, if you're here and the Spirit of God is stirring you up, like Pat talked about when he was in that, before he went to that church in Alaska, if the Lord's stirring you up, pay attention to that. It may feel awful. It may feel disturbance and scary, and it does feel all those things. But I'm telling you, it's a good sign if your Heavenly Father's reaching to you and telling you to come. So we're going to just let you deal with that. We're going to open the altars. Pat's going to be here. He'll be ready to pray with you. Let's stand.